Have you, a friend, or family member ever considered writing a book and getting it published? Well, I have the perfect idea for you. You should contact Wasteland Press. Wasteland Press is a self-publishing book company, and since they started in 2000, they have published over 4,000 book titles. That's right, over 4,000 book titles, and they make money from your book, not you, and they work for you non-stop, full-time. You can sell your free copies when it's all said and done to make an investment off of your book, and there is no other publishing company that can offer that. They provide full-service publishing for you and your book, which includes the cover design and formatting. And they also have a plan that can fit your budget, which includes the basic plan, the silver plan, the gold plan, the platinum plan, and the ultimate plan. If you want to find out more about these plans, you can contact them at 502-437-0860. That's 502-437-0860. And if you want to request a publishing guide, you can contact them at wastelandpress.net. Do it. You won't regret it. Make your dreams come true with Wasteland Press. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I am Tyler Goff, and I'm here once again with Tim Renfro. And honestly, since March, it's been a whirlwind of just emotions. It's been a whirlwind of of craziness. And on, and the only thing I can remember is getting ready to come home for spring break, do a a bracket show for the NCAA tournament, You're getting ready to do that, and then all of a sudden, the storm of the coronavirus hits and just rocks the whole United States and all around the world, obviously. And as crazy as that is, it's gonna, this is going to be, there's a lot of stuff to get to, a lot of sports-related stuff. So all of the coronavirus-related issues, like... What college football is going to be like, whether or not, I mean, a couple conferences have already allowed it, but they're going to be doing, some conferences are going to be doing conference-only schedules, and all that coronavirus-related stuff, that's all going to be in the second segment. But this first segment, I want to get to a lot of the older stuff that's happened the past couple months, because a lot of it is major, has something to do with Louisville, and also something to do with the... College players getting paid, and the G League, you know, G League's approaching these high schoolers now, offering them pretty good amounts of money. Not what you know, not sixteen million dollar contracts, obviously, but a pretty good amount of money for just any, just a high school kid. So there's a lot of stuff to get to, and the first thing I would like to really mention is the college players getting paid. Um, so the NCAA, the top, their top governing body has supported a rule of change that would allow student-athletes to profit from their name, image, and their likeness. And, but the college university, they can't directly pay them, which is for obvious reasons. I understand that part. They can receive compensation from third-party endorsements related to and separate from athletics. It also includes compensation from their social media and their personal appearances, which they can do as many signings as they want and if you're a pretty popular player people are going to come and see you get an autograph and you can make just in any night you could probably make a, a good amount of money and from their social medias too 
uh, their social media. There's they uh, the LeBron James's kid about how much his social media would be, mm-hmm. like how much he could get, and there's like millions. Um, so that's. Well, I, I guess the question I have: Can they hire agents? So I think I had to look more into that. I think actually hiring they can hire agents now that are approved by the NCAA. So that's back city. That's what makes me think, but you know, and so social media, which I think they can, if they have a pretty big presence in that world, they get pretty good compensation from that. And from businesses, they started Benny Snell started, uh, selling his Snell. Yeah. Merchandise, which is the thing that was going around. They said, Snell. Yeah. That was kind of this his thing. He started selling merchandise for that after he got out of college. Now in college, you can do that. You can make a brand for yourself, sell merchandise. Popular people are going to buy stuff like Sounds that. Sounds like the resurgence of California schools, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And let's see, uh, they can't use school logo, yeah, which well, that's is understandable. Understandable. It's, it's basically that, and basically where you know schools can't directly pay you. Um, do they have to compensate the players for using their name on jerseys? Or are they just going to still leave it? I have, I have not seen anything like that. Yeah. But their image or their name might go along with that. That's to be determined. As of right now, this is huge. I think it's one of the huge, one of the most biggest issues, or not issues, one of the biggest things about this. As of now, there are no restrictions on how much they can make. Absolutely huge. I think that's the biggest component to all of this. Because if these players, some some players, let's say they're a lower tier five star, they're thinking about going pro after one year because they're so set on one and done. But they're fringe first round, more than likely second round. Them being over a chance to make money, and as far as right now, there's no restrictions on how much they can make. They can make money while still being in college. That will entice these. I think, honestly, think this will give these players more of a, of an incentive to come back to college, improve the game, develop. What while, about shoe contracts? How they can make money? Shoe contracts? I have no idea. They didn't. Um, the, the only thing they've said is our third-party endorsements. Okay. So they could probably do like car dealerships. I would imagine. Well, I mean, a shoe's a like third that. party too. That's what I was asking. And and what if it's a shoe outside of what the school uses, Adidas, and then a player goes to Nike to endorse their product, even though he's got to wear Adidas every night. That that's an interesting. I would like for them to come out and say something about that because that's where a lot of basketball players. Well, I mean, they do you know, love their shoes. Michael Jordan's a billionaire because of the shoes, you know. So. Uh, and LeBron's made probably three quarters of his salary off his shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, three four quarters of the money he's just made. for endorsements off shoes. Yeah, so, that, so that's an interesting question. That will be definitely interesting. But again, even then, that's going to give these players an incentive to come back. I really do think that. I agree, and the uh, that's why I'm looking for the shoes because that could be the NBA's way of kind of counteracting that. If they say you can't do a, not, uh, an endorsement for a shoe. Then the NBA says, okay, come to the G League and you can get all the endorsements you want from right. whatever shoe brand that you want. Now, so. of course, for this, the devil is in the details. We know how inconsistent the NCAA yeah. has been in the past. It sounds like something they would do, too. Okay, third-party endorsements are fine, except for shoes. Well, the thing is, <laughs> like, right now, there's no restrictions. Yeah. Are At some point, are they going to allow it? 
because you know the, the school don't want that no because they want to get that money from the shoe company yeah and plus they would want the players to stay yeah i would think so they can, they can make them more money but i think that's going to be one of the things is um is if they can is if they are if they are going to cap that if the NCAA is going to cap how much they can make because at the end of the day, if they cap it to where they can only make a certain amount, it might not be enough of an incentive. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the question that raises out of this is, can they compete with the G League? Now, why is the G League getting brought up? Well, the G League, three top-tier high school players, Isaiah Todd, he was the first one, Jalen Green, and Dash and Nix. Two of them committed first. Isaiah Todd committed to Michigan. Dash and Nix had committed to, uh, to UCLA. Both of them decommitted to sign deals with G League. I believe both of them are like for $500,000. That's what their contract calls for. And they can also do endorsements as well. Uh, Jalen Green, on the first hand, his college decision, he didn't even commit to a college. He just said straight up, I'm going pro, I'm going G League. So that's why the G League is getting brought up now. $500,000 contracts. That's a lot. Is can I think, as far as the G League is concerned, college is definitely a different game than just the G League, because you're playing against grown men who've been, who some of them have been in the G League for quite a bit. Yeah. And it's a different, it's a different battle. It's a different beast. I feel like, and these players that have been in the G League for a bit, they're fighting for a roster. That they're, <laughs> I hate to. Sounds so dramatic, but they're kind of fighting for their livelihoods, trying to fight their way to get on an NBA roster. These high school kids, they've been starting, they've been in varsity probably their whole life, or probably their, ever since freshman year. They've been the star. Everyone knows who they are. They haven't been haven't they haven't been tested. They haven't been able to know what it's like to fight, and to have like a hunger to them and have passion for the game that these G-leaguers are trying to, again, trying to fight for a roster. And I think that's going to be a big impact because people are always talking about, well, about the G-league working out and how, you know, if it works out for them, their draft stock might stay the same or there might, it might grow bigger, their draft stock. I don't really see a lot of people talking about what happens if it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't work out with these players... Well, let me backtrack a little bit. If it works out, you'll see a lot more players doing it. Like, not every single five-star player, but you'll see probably the top ten, a lot of the top ten go pro, decide to go G League first. Uh, I think that's really, that's what it calls for, is like the elite five-stars. Now, if that works out, you'll see those players start to do it. If it doesn't work out, if you see something where... Going G League first, it does just doesn't work out for these kids because they're you know they're not cut for the pros just yet. They can backtrack. They can they can fall back to the to the NCAA where they can at least make some money while being in college, and you know of course doing their studies. But and while they're playing, they'll be, still be able to make money off of it. That's how I kind of look at it. And these three players right now. Dash and Nix, Isaiah Todd, and Jalen Green, they are the guinea pigs. I really, this is kind of an experiment because they are making a team out in California right now that, you know, that's putting all these high school players together. 
So this is an experiment, in all honesty. And if it works out, of course, we'll find out in the next couple of years or so. Well, I think it's going to take longer than that. I really do. I think that if NBA wants to become Major League Baseball, which that's what I think which they ultimately we, want to we, do. We've talked about it before. That's going to take forever. Yeah. Because uh, minor leagues, there's an affiliate for every single team, yeah. right? And NBA doesn't have that there's even four. for the G League. Four oh, yeah, different yeah, levels. A. Single, double, triple, and, and then the show. So uh, basically, I don't think the NBA's that ambitious but i think they would like to probably at some point have a g league team for every pro team mm. maybe not associated directly with the team but at least have a, an equivalent right and ultimately they got to pe- put people on the stands too to support it they got to have fans show up and that's something that the ncaa has over the g league is that they had ncaa we could put a farmer you know straw-eating farmer on there who can shoot a three and we'll root for him with the g league it's not necessarily the case they're gonna have to be elite yeah and and not only that they're gonna not only be elite but they have to make entertaining basketball and i think that's the key and the nba rightfully so what they're doing is is a natural progression of things they should be but whether that works or not and whether that damages the NCAA, I don't see it. I, I do see like five stars going there, a lot of five stars going there just because um, they think they're ready. It's an ego thing, yeah. you know. But I mean, I mean if you got the, the three, two, three, and four stars staying in NCAA making good teams, I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm all for and, having and them the play until their junior year. And the people saying, you know, that um, them getting making money will. I mean, these five stars not going to college, that's going to ruin the NBA, or ruin college basketball. No. No, it's not. No, if it's they not. go pro for, I mean, it's, it's going to be, look, you didn't have before, you know, when I think LeBron James was like the last year where high school players could go straight to the NBA. Yeah. College basketball was just fine before that. Plus, it's not going to be every single player that goes straight to the NBA from high school. It's just not going to be like that because there's a lot of them that just aren't ready yet. They needed to they're develop. Not, they're not bodily ready. For yeah. It, you know. Heck yeah. I mean, LeBron they're, James was a truck. You know, but obviously, I mean, you obviously saw LeBron James. Yeah. You obviously saw the talent. There's no point in him going to college for yeah. six months. There'd be no point. Zion too. Zion too. There really Absolutely. Zion was one that could go on straight through. But there's not. A, there really isn't a whole lot of players that are like, yeah, that dude should be in the NBA. It's only going to be the players in 2022, they might, where they can go, start again where high schoolers can go straight to the NBA. Yeah. Not even G League, just go straight in from into the draft, which that can change a lot of things too. Um, but honestly. They're still not getting rid of really good quality ball players who are just not ready. Yeah. You know, and, and not only that, that those really good ball players can get compensated too. Mm. By NCAA, I don't think this. I don't think there's nothing the NBA could do that could damage NCAA basketball, because it's a different beast. Yeah, NBA is all about flash dunks, shooting three pointers from half court and three quarter court. It's gonna go eventually go there. Yeah, but it's all flash. There's very little defense. They they've tied the hands behind people's backs as far as defense is concerned, and the NCAA is kind of the exact opposite of that. You know, and uh, and and not only that, but it's kind of cool to root for a home. You know, 
if it brings more Kentucky players to play for UK and we can root for them back in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that, exactly. it, we did fine. Yeah. Uh, you know. The point is, college basketball is going to be just fine. Yeah. It really is. Because, like, again, only elite prospects are going to be doing it going straight to the NBA. Yeah. Where, you know, or maybe well, they should. Yeah, they're you know, again going to college for these elite for prospects, one year. You know, it's not even a year; it's just six <laughs> yeah, months. There's yeah. no point. It's wasting the co- it's wasting the team's time, or the coach's time trying to recruit them, and it's wasting their time because and they could be making good money right out of the gate instead of just going college pro. And well, not know. only that, but the type of money they're making, they could go get their PhD and not even spend half a year's salary doing it. So it's not really about education anymore. It's right. about okay, I have, I have a lottery ticket here. I'd be stupid not to cash it in. You know. Yeah. So. So that's one of the that was one of the biggest news from the last few months. Uh, when I saw that, I was like, wow, that was crazy. Um, and I think that's gonna change college sports. And we talk about basketball, but let's. I mean. Football players can make money now. I mean, it's not just basketball; it's the whole Division One. So I think that's really going to change, kind of change the landscape. I don't think not for the worse. I think it might make actually make it better. And I've always thought college players should be able to make money anyway. Yeah. So, um, and another piece of news, real quick, before we move on to the next uh, segment, is U of L got their notice of allegations. They got one level one violation, which is not good at all. That's one of the worst ones you can get. They got, which is, I think that I believe that level one violation was for paying the player Byron Bowen to come there. The three level two allegations, one for is for Rick Pitino, and the, I believe the other couple ones were for the assistant coaches. And Rick Pitino obviously was for lack of um, con, you know, uh, institutional c- control. And the only thing, if I'm a Louisville fan, I'm worried as hell. Just because the future is so unknown and so uncertain in that area. And if you look at recent months, Chris Mack has not been doing well in recruiting. He hasn't been able to get five stars. He hasn't really been, you know, I don't even think he's really, I'm sure he's been talking to five stars. Just out of curiosity, has he ever recruited a five star? Uh, they had previous? a five-star last year. They did. Uh, no, I'm talking about with the... Uh, with Xavier? Yeah, with Xavier. I have no idea. I would okay. actually have to look that up. Um, I'm sure he's probably gotten like high tier, higher tier I'm sure, four stars. yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure if he's ever gotten a five-star because he was at Xavier for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried. I'm, if I'm Louisville, I'm worried about their future. He hasn't been able to get... He hasn't done well recruiting. And the only thing you can really ask, the only thing for as if you're a Louisville fan... The only thing you could really hope for is get a whole bunch of these five, four stars, do like a, a Villanova, a Virginia situation where you get a whole bunch of four stars and develop them for three to four years to where they're just, you know, they're primed, they're ready. They, they've seen the game for a, for a while, and they just lead the team, and they're a really good team for a bunch of four, four stars. And if you're a Louisville fan, that's what you kind of hope for. Yeah. As far as development, you know, development for these players is, and we haven't even seen much of Chris Mack. And I mean, he that Xavier team, he's had a couple of really good Xavier teams where yeah. a couple of times they've gotten a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Now for Louisville, that's a little bit higher standard, I I would say than Xavier is. But do you see? I mean, 
We have, well, we haven't even seen Chris Mack been able to. We haven't seen much of him at Louisville to really know because he's had. I think next year is going to be like this upcoming season is really going to be his like where it's mostly going to be his team because Jordan Nora was a was a Rick Pitino recruit. Uh, Stephen Enoch was recruited by uh, Rick Pitino, the transfer there. So he's kind of had like he's starting to uh, have. Next year will be, it'll be fully his his team. It's not going to be a whole bunch of Rick Pitino, you know, left behind from him as yeah. far as recruiting wise. So I guess we'll kind of see how he develops from then on. And you know, they talked about last year his recruiting the Super Six. Um, a couple of them redshirted, didn't re- and a couple of them didn't really get playing time. If you're banking on the Super Six to be your future, I think that's probably going to be how. I mean, probably a stepping stone. On how the future is going to be, and you because you bank a lot of investment and a lot of development into your super six like um, Jalen Weathers who didn't who redshirted, Quinn Salinsky, uh, Samuel Williamson who was like a lower tier five starter who committed there. You kind of hope for development from them. Now, and another thing is how it impacts them going forward. Now, do you think? Oklahoma got their a postseason ban and not even the worst offender. Yeah, if they're if they're getting a postseason ban, you'd have to think for Louisville, you you'd probably think they're probably getting some kind of postseason ban. Yeah, I, I don't think, think it's so. Gonna... But who who knows with the NCAA? They don't apply the rules. Yeah. And we talked about this. They don't and apply them consistently. Louisville's also one of the programs that has cooperated with the FBI. They've cooperated with NCAA on this. Eventually, Louisville's just gonna be like, "Okay, hey, can you cut us some slack?" But they have to. They almost. I'm have sure to. Oklahoma did too. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they almost have to give Louisville a postseason ban. I don't think they're gonna. It's gonna go as far as death penalty ban. Yeah. Because because of how much Louisville has cooperated, but they're definitely gonna get postseason now, if ban. Louisville still had Rick Pitino. We probably that would probably be on the table. Right. But the fact that they got rid of him, they got rid of George. They, they got pretty. They got rid of the whole house. Yeah. Pretty much. So that helped. Yeah. But uh, I definitely think. There's still a whack coming to the back of the head. If it's bad, then we got to worry. Then if you're a U of L fan, you got to worry about Chris Mack losing. If it's not so bad, he'll probably stick around. Yeah. You know. Um, Chris, I think I think he's an okay coach. I mean, again, we haven't seen much of from Louisville on his how good you know have a coach he's going to be there. Um, but a one, I think if it's a one-year postseason ban. These recruits see that and be like, well, it's only one year. We can get back to it. But if it's two years, that, that can be a span of like four years where you have the year before the first one. That could be four years of somebody's eligibility. Yep. If it's two years. Now, I'm not, yeah. I, mean, I'm not, I have no idea if it's going to be two years or not. But that's something these recruits – well, that's something. First of all, Chris Mack, he knew that – yeah, Chris Mack knew that signing on to be a coach at Louisville, someone was gonna they're gonna eventually get the notice of allegation and they're eventually gonna get hit with something. How bad it is, it's, that's to be determined. But they are gonna eventually get hit with something. He knew yeah. that, and the recruits, you know, the Super Six and uh, recruits for the future, they know damn well of what they're signing up for. So. Uh, and you know the people feeling bad for the recruits. Well, the recruits know what's gonna. Like, yeah. You know, so for Louisville, if you're a Louisville fan, scared as hell. I mean, do you think and should they be scared? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I, I definitely think you, you have no idea how much if, you're going to get. If hit. Chris, if they come back and they and they punish them pretty hard, let's say two seasons, two postseasons or something like that, then again, if I'm a, Chris Mack, I got to seriously think about leaving. And and it also depends on what's available at the time too, and who wants them. You know, he could just say, "Hey, you know, I'll do some interviews and see yeah. what's out there," but. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think they'll probably just get the one season. Like I Oklahoma, would probably, since of how he'll much, stay around. if I had to guess, I would bet more likely than not it's probably going to be a one-year I think the most day. important question is how patient Louisville fans will be with him to understand that, one, it's harder in hell to recruit when all this stuff's going on. And then not only that, there's going to be a reverberating effect on the one-year, uh, you know, no playoff showtime. So especially when you have players that could potentially go, um, you know, that could go pro within right. one or two years if they, you know. And we also think about graduate transfers. If you just need a graduate transfer for your team yep. and you're in you're well, What are the graduate transfer always looking for? To get to the play? Well, they want to get in They the want to be able to play for the NCAA. They want to yes. be able to play. First priority. For a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. Yes. Main priority. With Louisville, they're not going to be able to – Chris Mack won't be able to recruit those. And national television time, too. You know, Chris so Mack. if I if I'm a senior transfer, let's say a junior transfer, I want to go to a Duke, a Kentucky first, of course, and then that's not always going to work out. But then after that, you want to go to places that's going to have national television appearances. And L would be one of those. But if L you know, what are they going to get it if they have, uh, you know, no – playoff to go to um then all they're going to do is basically be on television when they play kentucky and I mean, maybe yeah a couple i mean other what, teams. what would be even the point of playing for louisville if you get a two-year postseason ban at the most that's again that's a span of four years yeah not just the postseason ban we got the year before and the year after yeah year it's after. crazy four years of someone if they starting as a freshman and some of those players want to go pro you know before the four years is over with too right. so it's interesting because, you know, every we all, you know, whenever we do anything, we all have expectations. Yeah. And if you have a player that say, hey, you know, I may not be good to go after the first year, but I might go on the second or third, then they're going to be like, yeah, I don't know if I want to go to UofL. And why, if you're getting a hit with a lot of a postseason, a couple of years of postseason bands, why would you even want to go there? Cause, That's true. Again, I mean, one even just for, for not even a graduate transfer for a recruit that one of their main things is is that they want to play for a chance to win a national championship even then just make an NCAA tournament yeah so I agree again that's for Louisville future so unknown and there's literally no telling considering we, we mentioned this earlier how inconsistent the NCAA is you don't know how much you're going to get hit and considering Oklahoma State got a one-year postseason ban I would have met, and they didn't even one of not even one of the worst offenders. And you look at all the crap that Louisville did. There, I would imagine they're going to get hit pretty. It's not just going to be a slap on the wrist. Hey, Louisville, don't do it again. It's going to be worse. So let me tell you guys something, guys. So this last weekend we were going to record a podcast, but as with anything, technology once again has failed me i feel like throughout the whole my whole time recording <laughs> podcasts there's been problems as far as microphones it's not even a microphone it's just the the main thing where you connect all the microphones so so the sound kind of sucked yeah so 
We sounded we like got, robots on the we mini We sounded studio. like robots. It sounded <laughs> on the mini studio. It sounded like we were robots. And it was just, it was awful. And I didn't want to do a podcast just recording from my phone where the sound would absolutely suck. So, went on Amazon, got some Pop Voice professional lavier microphones. I mean, look, these things go about, what would you say, like 20 feet probably? Yeah, yeah. You could do, it's sort of like the ones you see on 60 Minute on, on television or when they're doing interviews on television where you just plug it up to your shirt. You can hook it up to your shirt. You could tuck it underneath or you, you could leave it, it on the outside. And I mean, I, you, also, you guys can hear it I mean, because, we're, of course, we're recording the whole podcast from here. The sound is great. Yeah. Honestly. And if you want to start a podcast, I tell you, I mean, I tell everyone, you know, who wants to start a podcast, you want to have the best equipment possible. But if you're just a little startup, if you just want to get a couple episodes in where your sound is just not coming all from your phone and it's coming from a decent microphone, it's definitely suggest a Pop Voice professional lavier microphones. And I, again, it's, it's portable. It comes with a case. So if you want to travel with them, they're easily you can easily put them in a bag. And again, I would highly suggest, highly suggest them. And most importantly, very affordable. Very affordable, only twenty dollars. Yes. Is that how much? Yeah, uh, yeah it's twenty dollars. Yeah, only twenty dollars. And again, it's probably the easiest way to set up a pod. I mean, what's the name again? Pop Voice Professional Lavier. Microphone. I'm terrible with word yeah. pronunciation, so I don't even know if I'm seeing the love of your thing right. Amazon.com. A- Amazon.com. And seriously, guys, want to start a podcast, and if you just want some something small before you try to move up and get a whole studio going, definitely which we tra- did. Pop, which, which we did, but of course the technology crapped out on us. Yeah. Pro- pop voice professional love of your microphones. Definitely suggest them. Um, so that's the end of second segment one, which is kind of the older stuff with Louisville. And college players getting paid. Now the second segment, getting to a couple conferences, some lower conferences, um, canceling their fall sports. Yes. Does that mean anything? Olivier, Olivier saw our decision. Is, is the NCAA going to – we talk about how inconsistent they are. Are they going to allow him to play? Are they going to give him a waiver? Because people forget he's not a graduate transfer. Um. How this fall sport, if football goes goes ahead, how's that going to look? How if they do non-conference or if they just do conference schedules, how's that going to look for UK and um, for the SEC, like for the bigger conferences? Mitch Barhart, their their budget. So there's a lot of stuff to get to in the second uh, UK's budget actually for Mitch Barhart. But there's a lot of stuff to get to in the second segment. Come back, Man K Sports Podcast. Welcome back, guys, to segment two of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. And as I mentioned in the first segment, there are more coronavirus-related stuff as far as how sports are going to be played in the fall, how, you know, considering a couple of conferences now are moving forward towards a, uh, a conference-only schedule. I'll take a look at how that's going to exactly affect UK and <laughs> What their schedule might look like, and if they're not going to be playing Eastern Michigan and the other, and Kent State and the other lower tier teams. Uh, and Mitch Barnhart said something the other day about what their hopes are going to be for the season for football and basketball as far as fans are concerned. Michigan also released their ticket plans today, and I, I would like to take a look at that because I think that's going to be something that other universities um, latch on to as the idea and why why I think they're they're doing that. And 
yeah, that's that's the gist of it. And also, Oliver saw his decision. And I figured we'd start, that, start off with that since he did commit on May 6th. I'd like to get that over with. So, Olivier Saar, he's from France, was at Wake Forest. He, uh, you know, he decided to transfer because his coach, uh, Danny Manning, got fired and decided to transfer, and he committed to Kentucky, which he feels a big need for what this roster, what this upcoming UK team, what they really needed. They needed a true center because the best they had before he committed was Isaiah Jackson, who's a 6'9", skinny dude. He's a five-star freshman, really good. Many are calling him one of the best shot blockers in the class. But he's a freshman, he's skinny. Again, he's he can't really rely on him in big-time moments and big-time game, big games, at least not yet. So definitely Olivier Saar, he is someone that UK needed. And if you look at it, how tall he is, his seven-foot and his body frame, the way he plays, he's a back to the basket will get you points down low get you rebounds get you the you know get do the tough things that the team needs he is a perfect kind of center that Cal wants Cal does not want his centers hanging around the hanging around the three-point line taking three-pointers all the time he Cal doesn't that's not his kind of center that's not Cal's fit but Saar Olivier Saar that's exactly the prototype that Cal wants, exactly what this team needed. And if you look at, if you really look, he, many will also tell you he is the major, he is the, the key that, he's really the difference between UK just being good and UK being a, a national championship contender. That's how good he is. He's a first team, first team All ACC, or second team All ACC, and he played really good against Duke and other top tier schools. He shows up. He's guy who got you. Four, he averaged fourteen points and nine rebounds last year at Wake Forest. This dude's not no slouch. He can play, and he's definitely he's gonna. He's definitely fits this UK system. And he's people. He's not a graduate transfer. So he again he the reason we're talking about him is he has to get that waiver from the NCAA. And now what's interesting is back back before he committed, he did an interview with ESPN. He said whether or not he gets the waiver, he's either playing in college or he's gonna be going pro. He's not taking a year off, no matter what. So and the thing another thing that's interesting is since everything got pushed back, since they're doing the draft in October and they push the date for, you know, they're allowing players to get a second chance to declare for the draft and pushing that until, like, August 3rd. So that gives them also a chance to declare for the draft or potentially stay at UK. So I think he still has a good chance of getting a waiver. Now, we, we talked about this in the first segment that we don't NCAA has been really inconsistent. As far as right now, all the top, Names who have transferred, including Johnny Juzang, from who was at Kentucky, to transfer to UCLA. He got his waiver. DJ Carden from Ohio State uh, transferred to Marquette. He got his waiver. And there was even a silly one where this punter from, uh, I think it was like Arizona State or something, he declared for the draft, went to the process, didn't get drafted, and he got the first waiver of his of of its kind. 
to come back and play and play for play in school. To me, it seems like yeah, he should get his waiver because they're giving all these top names their waivers, and it's it, it's a tough situation all around because of the coronavirus. I think he should, but you never know. What do you what do you do you think he'll get the waiver? I think there there's a better chance than not. I I do. I just don't you know like you said they. If the NCAA was consistent across the board, we would just say, hey, yeah, yeah, they'll, they'll and let them Kentucky in. would be one of the schools where, yeah, they wouldn't allow them to get the waiver. But. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of the gist of it all. But I definitely think that, uh, you know, the, the sooner they announce, the better, as far as I'm concerned, especially considering all the different stuff that's going on with the coronavirus. They may play a week and then cancel the season. It's possible they canceled and, the tournament. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, why not have all your ducks in a row announce early, hey, you know, we're, we're just going to temporarily temporarily suspend any, uh, you know, waiver process and say, hey, y'all can come. And, and another thing to think about is they're about to change this rule where you can transfer once. Yeah. It's not going to be this year. I thought it was going to be this year, honestly. I thought I was hoping, but they voted. They're not going to be doing it this year, but they're going to move forward to next year, to the next season, I believe. But if you're already going to allow transfers, you know, the one-time exception, no questions asked, you can transfer anywhere. But if you do it a second time, of course, there's, you have to sit out. But if you do it a, one, the first time, no questions, you can transfer. Um, but, I mean, but this it, is something that's unprecedented. Right. So, you know, for them to come out and say, hey, you know, normal circumstances, there's a review process. Under these circumstances, we're going to let it happen because we have no idea whether two weeks into the season it might end. Right. So why not just give these people their answers now or as soon as possible and, and let, let it fall where it may be? And I don't think anybody would have an objection to that. Who would have an objection to that? You know, I, I mean, especially considering the times, you know, and we're talking about, um, you know, basketball players last year didn't get any national recognition at all that might deserve it because they weren't in a tournament. They're on teams that aren't getting that national exposure. The people in the regions may know about it, but the people on the national scale, maybe, maybe some... Yeah, you know, maybe some scouts and things know about this person's talent, but you know, we know that there's a lot more to, uh, you know, to things than just what scouts say. You know, if people see it in person, that can make some decisions really quick. If a president can see it in person rather than taking a scout's word for it, that could mean a lot. So, you know, I think it's just best. Under these circumstances, say, you know what, green light everything. Yeah. And plus, you also consider you're about to change the rule anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of petty if you're just not, if you don't give them the waiver. I think under extraordinary circumstances, you can do stuff like that. You know, World War II. Yeah. You know, a lot of sports players gave up their lives, literally and figuratively, you know, to fight for the country. And, And it was extraordinary circumstances. And, uh, you know, and, and some colleges didn't even have sports that year because of it, you know. So I definitely think this is something that, you know, in our lifetime we'll hopefully never see again. And, uh, you know, and we can say, hey, you know, they did the right thing, yeah. you know. 
And like I said, you know, just other top-tier names have gotten their waiver who have decided to transfer. So why not? And Olivier Saar's reasons for transferring are just as good as theirs. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not to move closer to home because he's from France. Yeah. But, you know, he his reason was that, you know, his coach got fired. Normally, NCAA doesn't like that reasoning, but his coach got fired. You know, he he actually was one of the t- players that built a really good relationship with Danny Manning, their, their Wake Forest's former coach. And the he got fired like the the well the what kind of hurts him is, you know, the uh, one of his reasons was his coach got fired right before mm-hmm. the deadline to initially declare for the draft. So he, he was like, well, one of his dreams was I didn't get enough time because my coach was so trying to convince me to stay, and I didn't really get a time to think about it. So I decided, you know, obviously, that doesn't have a lot of time. But now that kind of, since they pushed back the date to where you can now give a, get a second chance to declare, that kind of throws out that kind of hit that kind of case for it. But again, you know what we talked about, he he's still. If other top-tier players are getting their waiver for practically no reason other than the fact that they're everyone, you know, they're... They're not happy where they're they're at. Yeah, they're names that people know. Yeah. If quarterbacks, okay, can go from uh, from Ohio State to Miami... (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I know where you're going. Tate Martell, for example. Yeah. Was Ohio State... uh, he, He transferred to Miami to get more playing time. Yeah. And they gave him a waiver. Justin Fields was at Georgia, transferred to Ohio State. He's a big name, got the waiver. So if if quarterbacks can basically get their waiver for no reason other than the fact that their name, Oliver Sar should definitely get his waiver. I, I do, like I said, the thing is, considering the circumstances and considering how he's basically in the same uh, position as a lot of these other players, right. maybe there's a foreign country involved, whatever. But considering under the circumstances, just green light them all. Yeah. Just do what's right by these kids. They may come out, play five games, and that's it. At least they got those five games. And, you know, and so just let's not be little pinhead NCAA officials. Don't be petty. Yeah, you're don't about, be petty like, again, under these times. You're about to change the rule anyway. Yeah. Just, just green light Just it. let it go. Yeah, let and, and that goes for any team. It's just not Kentucky. That that know. transfer rule is already, already stupid anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why why do they need to st- sit out for a year? Yeah, yeah. It was already stupid. Like, and then and- you come back the next year and they'll tournament. You know, so under these and and you know, uh, they were operating on pre-pandemic like, things. Hmm. You know, let's take, and that's fine. Let's take Louisville for example. Wonder if uh, so they, they transferred Louisville had to sit out a year and the next year they get a postseason ban. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That two years, you and know, then on top of that, it affects the recruiting for the next year. Right. And you know, you're kind of starting from zero in the third year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cal did say yesterday during his uh, coffees with Cal. I, I don't know if you heard of him. He, Cal Perry, has been on Mondays has been doing these coffee with Cal things, where he's he's talked to like Jamie Fox and Mark Cuban and stuff like oh, that. Oh Lord. <laughs> but he did mention yesterday. Not he to did, drop any names. Not to drop any names. Yeah. But uh, I have no idea what he talked to Jamie Foxx about. I have no idea how that. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to Jamie Foxx. I think Jamie Foxx is a big sports guy. Plus, he's probably friends with Calipari, too. Probably. 
you know, Cal Perry can name drop, you know, he can name drop big time when they're, when they're in the, uh, when they're hot, you know, all the, all the big name rappers, you know, they're wearing UK hats. Mark Cuban's and, a pretty good one too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark Cuban, to me, Mark Cuban transcends the sport. He's had a, you know, Larry Fitzgerald yeah. wide receiver. He's, uh, he's got him on before and, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers coach, yeah. Mike Tomlin. Mark Cuban has interesting things to say too across the board on a lot of things. So well, he's a graduate of Indiana, so he was. I was reading, yeah. uh, listen, or watched a little bit of that. He was trying to coax uh, Cal to, to play Indiana to do. And another thing about Indiana, people I, on Twitter, and I, I probably shouldn't look at Twitter because it's a big cesspool anyway. But Indiana people are so they're much like Nebraska as yeah. like the football. football. Glory they're, days. They glory days, and they don't realize that their program is not good like they were. Yeah. And Indiana was like, Kentucky doesn't want to, Cal Perry doesn't want to play this because he's afraid of us. <laughs> I'm, I can assure you that's not the reason. If he was afraid of them, okay, last year's schedule wouldn't look near as devastating <laughs> as it did. <laughs> and if you want to play... I mean, look who we played early like, on. You know, it'd it'd like, be like, what's the point? They're not even good anymore. And Kentucky's going to beat them every single time. Yeah. There's there's no point in playing them anymore. I, I think good that... Again, that would be... If Indiana was at the top of the Now, if game, Indiana did it for Kentucky, let's say Indiana was really good for years, and we know this doesn't apply to Kentucky, but... Indiana wasn't good was good for years and Kentucky wasn't very good. And then Kentucky started playing Indiana and then Kentucky raised their their level of play good and they player. got to the I could understand feeding back into that. But the, Kentucky's been good forever. I mean, you know, bef, you know, your grandma was a baby when Kentucky was good. Right. So, you know, it, it's it's not the case. And I I definitely think that uh Calipari has to be i mean they he has those phone calls happening all the time oh yeah and and just because it's indiana and by the way calipari's never witnessed that kentucky indiana thing he's never really seen it in its full glory i think the one of the the reasons why because they've had talks back and forth indiana has been wanting to do a home and home yeah kind of deal but i don't cal doesn't want to play in indiana because the last time they were there uh when uh, Anthony Davis team, they, yeah. they when they lost one of their at, losses. In Bloomington, yeah. one of their only two losses, the the Indiana's fans treated them like crap. Yeah, and Cal was like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that again. But like, they were being mean to Anthony Davis's mom. They they were harassing her. Yeah, and I just the fans were really disrespectful, and I mean I kind of kind of understand that why you wouldn't want to go back there. Now he's Cal was did. He he was cool with doing a neutral court game, but yeah. Indiana didn't want to do that. Well, uh, Indiana uh, fans don't travel as well as Kentucky's either. Uh, no, they do not. because so. they're old, rusty old people. Yeah, <laughs> um, the, gl- the glory days. Yeah, yeah. but uh, anyways, Cal said on his coffee with Cal that he talked about a little bit about the o- Olivier. I can never say that right. I should just say Oliver. <laughs> o- yeah. Olivier Sar. He did. He talked about that situation. He uh, he said he felt confident that he was going to get the waiver, but you never know. So that's that's all he really said about it, you know. But he's he's hopeful. Um, speaking of also speaking of Cal, he is really giddy about this year's team. Yeah. And 
normally you're giddy about your team because you don't want to be negative. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to have a good team. But he's, like, super giddy about this about this upcoming year's team. I, I hope there's I hope there's a season because I think they're going to be really good, especially if uh, especially if Oliver Sar gets in the equation. Maybe he knows something we don't. Maybe. maybe. You know, as far as the center position is concerned. Because if, if Kentucky doesn't have him for next year – they're gonna be don't don't get me wrong. They're gonna yeah. be good. They're not. It's not that they're gonna be. But they're gonna have. It's a not like they're gonna. They're be gonna be, a, be West Virginia. They're gonna be really tall, in in certain positions, and they get really short in certain positions. Right. But he definitely again, Olivier Sar. He's the guy that pushes UK to national championship yeah. contenders. Definitely for sure. Uh, Ivy League. And Patriot and just Patriot League yesterday, but Ivy League did it first. Ivy, but Ivy League. And the Patriot League have both canceled their fall sports. What will which, the world do without well, the Patriot and, yeah, League? Yeah, people are freaking out. We're like, oh, this is a precursor to all, all of everybody canceling. First of all, Ivy League, I think we all know where they get the majority yeah. of their money. Tuition. Tuition. For those online courses. You really think, <laughs> you really think Harvard football, you really think Yale yeah. football yeah. is bringing in millions and millions of dollars? From that program? Hell no. It's because you have people paying a hundred thousand dollars a year just to attend a freaking school. Yeah. That's where they get the they're not dependent on uh, athletics. Yeah. Like the SEC is, like the Big Ten is. They're not heavily they but not I definitely de- think there's de- gonna be more thought. It's not gonna be as quick a, a snap judgment. Yeah. To me, the Harvard stuff really it it reeks of a snap judgment it really does because they haven't really waited to see they just reacted no yeah that's you that's know? a good point because i mean november is four months away yeah a lot of things can happen in four months they can get they can get worse get better maybe or there's they a can get vaccine extre- or a treatment or, or or they can get extremely better yeah you at least can, give it a couple months before. At least give it a couple months. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I don't understand what they're all doing. Quick judgments, and I really don't understand it. For football, I understand they're doing the conference only while they're, you know. Yeah. Speaking of conference only, Big Ten oh. and Pac-12, like I said before, have both. Please, SEC, please. Yes. So <laughs> Big Ten, Pac-12, move forward with their plan to do a conference only schedule. SEC hasn't said anything. They're making. There's actually a lot, another conversation about that. Their SEC commissioner, Greg Sinke, he, uh, there was a meeting yesterday. They said it was really productive, which I'm kind of optimistic. But yes, Big Ten, Big 12 have both decided to move forward with a conference-only schedule. Now, what that means is SEC, Kentucky. Yeah. Instead of playing... The usual. Instead of playing Eastern Michigan. Yeah. Instead of playing Kent State this year. They could be playing teams like Alabama, LSU, LSU. Arkansas, Ole Miss. I'm trying to think of other SEC. You West think teams. you have a, a two or three loss uh, team in the in the tournament this year? Because mm-hmm. if the SEC's banging each other, they're all playing each other. You know, there's going to be more losses than normal. Right. Same thing with uh, you know the Big Ten. You know, if they're all hit, if they're all beating each other up. Uh, it, it ought to make things interesting as far as tournament time. Let's hope there's a tournament. You know, let's hope that there is a, a playoff tournament. Playoff. It's definitely but, what I'm hoping for. Yeah. That's what I hope for, obviously. Uh, but 
at first glance, you'd be like, well, I don't want Kentucky to play those teams. We're going to get crushed. Well, first of all, you don't know that. Yeah. And, and second of all, I, I would like to play them. For a measuring stick, too. Yeah, measuring stick. Just see where we are. Yeah. Obviously, we saw a couple a couple, uh, yeah, a couple years ago when we played Georgia. We weren't quite yeah. there yet on the talent scale. I think a couple years we've gotten better recruits, gotten a couple five stars. I think UK is definitely close to Georgia's level. And we played them close last year. We just it was really rainy. We just didn't have what we we just didn't have quite the full team. Well, and 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 not to change the subject on Kentucky, but let's go let's go a little further. You have Florida that's emerging mm-hmm. emerging. You have Tennessee Absolutely. that have made leaps in the last couple of years. Tennessee, so, I, I don't like Tennessee. So we have but... all these teams. We have a, a let's say a third level of teams. Mm-hmm. that are emerging to be either second or first level SEC teams, and they're all going to be playing each other. How exciting is that going to be? Every time, you know, that you turn on the television every every Saturday, there's a huge game going on in the SEC. I mean, right. maybe to the point where there's two or three huge games going on at the same time. And the SEC is one of the conferences that can do that. I mean, think about it. You can have Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia. Play each other anyway. Yeah, Kentucky, Tennessee. There's three games right there that would be really good games. Or let's switch them up: Tennessee versus, let's say, LSU. And then you got, you know, Kentucky versus Alabama. And then you got Georgia, Florida. You can you can just mix them all up and come up with really good games. Yeah, you can do a week. lot of yeah. Absolutely. And again, you know. And then well, you throw on a team like Missouri who likes to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, why wouldn't you want to play them just to see where we're at? Yeah. I, that's why, purely why I want to play them is I want to see where Kentucky is. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, maybe. Will we get crushed? Possibly. Pro- probably. Possibly. But I just want to see where we are. If sure. we can play Georgia tough. How tough are we going to play against the Alabamas? And I tell LSU? you, Alabama and the, you know they they've gone down a little bit. You know this. Oh, they're still top dog. Absolutely. They're still top dog, but you know they they look they don't look invincible. Yeah. You know, and and that's the thing. And when they're not invincible is when you want to play them, obviously, uh, because you because Alabama still has the clout, even though they're still top tier. They, they will always be until they really. Suck until for Nick a Saban while, leaves. yeah. <laughs> until Nick Saban leaves, that's right. <laughs> but then they'll go we'll probably get an NFL well, caliber prob- coach. <laughs> probably they're Alabama. They have the money. Yeah. But you know, again, that's just gonna if SEC decides to do it. They are. Uh, that was one of the things they uh, that Greg Sinke mentioned yesterday in the meeting uh, that he had with the other athletic direct the SEC athletic directors. Yeah. Uh, that they're going to be waiting until July, late July, to actually make a decision on fall sports. Yeah, which that's still that's not that far away. I mean, no, it's not. It's a couple it's weeks, not. probably. So we got a podcast plan for that too. Yeah, for sure. How exciting is that going to look over that schedule? <laughs> well, I don't even know if there is going to be a schedule. I know, but you, I mean, know. you know, it's a... and the thing is, I mean, we talk about Harvard not needing. Yeah, they don't have dependent on athletics for a part of their a part of their how they get their funds yeah these other programs big Ten, acc sec they need 80 90,000 people they need yeah te- te- texas a&m is a hundred thousand people yeah. in their stadium yeah 
these point is these big conferences they need the money from sports. Yeah. Whether it's basketball, football, they need sports. Even a, even a half full stadium. Yeah. Is worth it. I think. So that's why I think, I I would think I don't think it's gonna be a really tough decision. It's gonna yeah. be really hard to not play, not have fall sports, because just Kentucky alone. That's another thing. The budget uh, last year, Kentucky made forty million in revenue from just from the football program. Yeah. They need that money. <laughs> they need yeah. that check. I would imagine Alabama is a, a a bigger football school, more more football fans. They're gonna they probably make more, and they need that money for for revenue. To, yeah. You know, and if these if there are no sports, it's really gonna change. I think that's gonna change college sports because they're just not gonna have the money. They're not gonna have any revenue coming in. They're only gonna basically gonna have tuition, and that can only you know get you so much. Well, it's also it's an, bring up an interesting point that um, how do we treat the coronavirus? So let's use a hypothetical. Uh, yeah, we got a team to, on the yeah. field, and and you know these players, they're on campus most of the time after that, or they're traveling, whatever that they're doing. One of them comes down with it. Do they shut the whole team down for one person, or or, or do they or, let, they make them have an injury or, for two weeks? Right. And it's an interesting question. Now, I'm not telling if 25 players get it, well, guess what? Well, that's what you I was going to say. What I think is if, if one player just has it and they test other yeah. players and they don't, they don't, it's like maybe like one more person, yeah. one or two more people, just quarantine them. Yeah. And, and treat like an injury. See, yeah. See where they are in a couple of weeks. Yeah. But if it's like the whole 70, it's like 50 plus people, yeah. that's when they probably need to shut down the program and probably they're probably not going to play the rest of the season that's exactly right so i mean that's again that's an interesting question to see yeah. how they're going to handle that if i mean if if professionals have been any a telltale sign i mean nba one or two players got it and they canceled the whole thing until yeah you know until july 31st that nba season started in a couple of weeks so i mean and, and, oh, and, and the thing is, and, and you know, we, we've talked about this. There are certain sports that need a crowd to, for it to work. It adds to the atmosphere and, and things like that. Another thing you mentioned about just quarantining for a couple of weeks yeah. and treating it like an injury. Well, an NBA player, out, he went outside of the bubble yes. to pick up a food delivery, and they're quarantining him for like 10 days. He has probably has like five days left. But I think he can, I actually think he can rejoin the team after he's done and yeah. that he's good. I mean, it, just things like that. If you're... If someone goes out or same concept, I mean, just yeah. quarantine them for a certain amount of time and see where you know sure. to keep them from everybody. If they're better, then let them rejoin the team. Yeah, I mean, I think again, I, I don't know. This is it's all been crazy. I have no idea how they're going to handle that. It it ought to be interesting, and you may have um, you know where you have different conferences having different types of priorities too. So, you know, someone like the Big Ten, uh, more colder climates and things like that, they right. might be a little bit more cautious because kids are indoors and all of that. But who knows? Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll Speaking of out. coronavirus cases, uh, the whole football team did their test for coronavirus. Zero positive tests. They're all negative, which is a really good sign. No football, and, you know, maybe until later when they go back to school. But as of right now, 
no Kentucky football player tested positive for coronavirus. Very positive news. Greg Sankey, Sankey said yesterday uh, during the meeting with the other athletic directors in the SEC that positive cases are going down, which is a, that's, that's good as well. And he actually said something funny. He said that they could play football in Kentucky. Oh. Yeah, and that makes you kind of question why we're wearing, required to wear a mask if you know if we're playing play football here. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's see what else he said. I got it jotted down. Late July already says when they're making an official decision. Um, see, he said that not all conferences may be doing the same thing. Some conferences may be doing. They, they're not. Some conferences are not probably not. They're not all going to be making the same decision as yeah. far as. Some conferences may be doing the all-conference schedule. Some conferences may just be, you know, say to hell with it. We're just going to stick to what we had before. So, and do the non-conference thing as well. So, that's just a couple of things. I think he's been kind of uh, a little bit negative about, he's been kind of pessimistic in the in the last couple of weeks about, uh, about, you know, sports being played. But I definitely, don't you think, I mean, Kentucky having zero positive cases on the football team, that's a I think that's a good sign. Yeah. And that the cases are going like the number of positive cases of the coronavirus are going down yeah. within the SEC schools. I think that's a good sign. Yeah. And I'm I'm hopeful for SEC. I am too. And I'm again, a little concerned think, about Florida. But <clears throat> Yeah, you know, because it's for the they've whole had a big too. influx of cases. But <clears throat> I mean, again, I think it's going to be really hard for them not to have any sports. Yeah. It's especially SEC football. It's going to be really hard. That's going to be a tough decision, and I just don't think they won't be able to. Sur- they'll be able to survive, but it's going to hurt them big time. They, yeah. Like they kind of need that check. Whereas again, Ivy League schools really don't. From you know from athletics. So moving on, uh, more UK stuff, and also Michigan. So Mitch Barnhart has planning on. Having 50% capacity as Friars right now, 50% capacity at at football games and basketball games, and I think okay, that's pretty optimistic. That's yeah. not too bad. So 60,000, you'll get 30,000. Don't know if you're going to get quite filled up for that, but that's okay. Uh, and again, 39. So last year again, I mentioned they made 40 million. This year, the for their up for their updated for their budget, they're planning on making $39 million, which is only $1 million less from last year, which which makes me question exactly how do they reach $39 million. Consider, <laughs> well, considering the circumstances, how do they reach only $1 million less from yeah. last year? I, I'd, I'd be curious. I'm really curious on how do they do that. Do they raise the prices? Do they actually allow alcohol? I don't know. I, that, I have the, no that, idea. That's the big question. How? I mean, that's only one million dollar less. That's still a lot of money for yeah. half the people. Who knows? So yeah. again, I think that's a lot to do with. I think they're going to raise ticket prices. It, it's possible um, to you know to reach that goal of thirty nine yeah. million just in football alone. But in Michigan today, announced some uh, their ticket prices for football. They're going to be selling them to season ticket holders and students, which is interesting. But I think the reason why, I don't know if you quite agree with me, the, the reason why I think they're doing that is they can 
for coronavirus, all they all they talk about is controlling it. Well, stu- season ticket holders and students, they have a list of those names. Well, let, let me and break so, it down a I little think, bit more simpler. Well, for, the season ticket holders built the stadiums, okay, by the, by pre buying because of all the money that they yeah. give. And and the students, they're students. They should get priority too. So I don't have because a problem their money with also it. goes towards the schools. That money for schools, they help some build new buildings, new sure. dorms, new classrooms. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. No, I don't have know. a problem with it. I just think the reason why they're doing it is so they they can control it better, just in case yeah. some some students get the coronavirus. Sure, they know who it is. Can, can, can I, I definitely think them. that's smart. Yeah. So yeah, that that's From why that I think is mostly is just to to control it better. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if other schools followed that. I really wouldn't. And it's kind of again, I think it's smart. I think that's probably the best thing. Some fans, like normal fans, are probably going to be pissed. But hey, it's it's coronavirus. It's been weird anyway. <laughs> and sometimes you can watch it better from TV than. Yeah. I would rather, you know what? Honestly, I'd rather be able to watch it from a TV than actually go to the games. You know. The ratings are going to be huge, anyways. Yeah. And so. speaking and speaking of ratings, I mean MLB is coming back. They're only doing a sixty-game season. They screwed up big. I time. agree. They screwed up because they could have played with nobody in the stadium. Well, well, not only that, but they could have been. You talk about years where, over the years, people just haven't watched baseball as yeah. much. It's kind. Of, it's not a dying sport. It's not a dying sport at all. It's still popular, but just people are not like the younger people. Yeah. are not in it as much. They could have been the first sport back from coronavirus. There's nothing else on on TV other than cherry pit spitting contests and Norwegian death diving, and what was the other one? Uh, marble racing. Yes. Or Korea. You want to watch Korean baseball? There's <laughs> point is there's literally nothing else on. You could have been the first sport back. Everyone's literally watching you. Yeah. And you're you're gonna start now. You don't push forward with that. Yeah, they screwed up big time. Yeah, it's a I, sport I where fans fluctuate as far as sounds. Yeah, if it's a home run, people are going to get excited. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's all quiet. Yeah, most most of the time. I mean, even the baseball games. Baseball games are very quiet, especially and there's a lot of downtime. Yeah, things like that. Uh, you know, and I, I definitely think it would. I don't think it would lose as much without having a crowd. Football and basketball are very crowd oriented. Very, you know. especially for the home. If you know, hundred thousand people team. like Texas A and M, you know, it just it gives them a huge. Or advantage. Mississippi State with the cowbells. Yeah, you know yeah. that's their thing. I mean, it's going to be baseball. Point baseball screwed up big time. Yeah, I that so. really disappoints me because, I mean, I, I like baseball. I like going. I like watching. I like going to baseball games, and I like watching every now and again. I think. I think baseball. Um, is underappreciated these days for a lot of reasons, and you know, there there's enormous amount of skill and brain that goes into baseball, right. where a lot of other a sports lot of, are just about skill. Are just like and there's on some the brain spot. into it. There but, is some, but a lot of that skill and yeah. doing it on the spot, on the spot. I mean, why where, are they bunting this guy over to second base? Yeah, baseball and, is. Yeah, there's strategy. a lot of strategy. Why are you shifting the outfield to the right? Mm. Things like that. So. Yeah, so MLB, that's going to be interesting for them doing only a 60-game season. Yeah. But minor league season was canceled, which you can't really, I mean, what, you yeah. know. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, 60-game season when they normally do 162 games, that's be quite, 
And an interesting and, point you brought up, and I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought, but think about this. If you go to a basketball game where there's LeBron James playing or whatever, and you're watching them play, and you watch them play, then you go to a G League team and watch it play. There's a huge diminishment in entertainment. Oh, absolutely. If you go from pro baseball to a triple A baseball, there's not that much. There's of a no diminishment. There's not that much of a difference. Yeah, no. it's all same thing, same stuff. Yeah, you obviously can tell the difference. Well, college basketball. I mean, you go from, let's say, you go to hell. You go to a Kentucky game, and then you go to a Bellarmine game. Yeah. Huge difference. I mean, huge difference. So, you know... Including the crowd. Yeah. Yep. And MLB also, they extend they expended the number of teams in the playoff, too. Yeah. So instead of, what was it, normally eight? Yeah. They're 16. Yeah. Which wow. is going to be really fun. You know, I and I, I think that's hell. definitely a sport where that's merited. I really do. 162 games... And, and plus, you win over 80 games, mm. and you don't get in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, in some cases, you have to almost win 100 games to get in. So by adding more teams in there, and some teams get really hot towards the end of the season, too, and they're not going to make it. They weren't going to make it since All-Star break, So, but they came on like a vengeance. So, you know, I, to me, I, I kind of like the idea of that. Now I don't know about playing seven game series throughout the whole thing, and I they're probably they're definitely probably not going to do that. But uh, you know it'd probably be a five game until they get to a certain point and then go to seven. Yeah. And that's the problem I have with the NBA. The NBA I hate that. I, I can't stand the fact yeah. that LA is going to play New Orleans for seven freaking games. Yeah. You know it, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you but know. I mean, if you MLB, I also think about with the sixty game season. You see, the thing with MLB is you can start out hot. Yeah. And then around August and September, you can just fall yep. downhill and fall out of the playoff rankings. Now, if you're only doing 60 game, a lot more teams can get a chance. Yeah, it, it ought to be interesting to see what happens, especially with the expanded field. You may have some teams that were, like, not, not even on the radar get in. It's possible in 60 Cincinnati games. Cincinnati actually might be pretty good. I mean, they already acquired Well, since he's couple... been kind of building up to yeah. this point. Third, so. Cincinnati will probably, I would probably be willing to bet that Cincinnati will make the playoffs. Yeah. The only problem with Cincinnati is they have a lousy fan base. Yeah. You know, but uh, I guess that's, that's okay because they won't be in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of another thing, this is the last thing I really want to get to is the NBA bubble uh, all of the, they've all moved into this little bubble. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. It's uh, bubble had, basketball. A bunch of uh, NBA players have gone out in Orlando to fish. Yeah. And this guy got excited over a three pounder. Yeah. Like, in Florida. It was like he's never done that before. He's like, yeah, oh, the three pounder got me. A that, that's a minnow in Florida, man. <laughs> but I mean, they're all. I mean, it seems like they're having a good time. Yeah. But uh, considering the circumstances. It's you know it it's kind of one of those things that I, I definitely think that uh, you know it's it's got to be a huge adjustment you know their families I mean, everybody they're gonna be gone for three months yeah so. I mean the room I've looked at the rooms the rooms are okay they're making good money though. okay okay you're getting, okay <laughs> you're getting money to if, it's not like they're someone, going three okay, months okay. and fishing in Alaska okay you if know? someone paid me a, a millions of dollars to stay in a bubble for three months. To play a sport, you know, I yeah. have a passion about, and 
to play video games pretty much the whole time and spend time with your family. I, I'm and not, the worst that can I'm happen not is argue with that. you go get a pizza and you're suspended for two weeks with pay. <laughs> he went outside <laughs> of the bubble and got quarantined for 10 days yeah. <laughs> for food delivery. That would be my problem. <laughs> but I think this is going to be honestly uh, one of the tougher championships to win because of the big layoff. They haven't played a game since March. It's, you know, and, I and think rust. that's gonna, Rust, rust. Uh, with the older players obviously, like LeBron. I mean, obviously they're practicing now. Yeah. But you think about the older players and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be one of the tougher championships. I, I think, sure. and I, I, you may disagree with this, but I think this, this whole situation is is for LeBron. I really do that. Probably uh, because he they, he's on. Let's face it, he's not going to be around much longer. And he's going. There's going to be a. I, I think with LeBron now. LeBron's a freak. He's a great athlete. But there's going to be a cliff. There always is with players. Oh, yeah. It happened to, uh, you know, all the great ones. Peyton, it happened to Peyton Manning. Yeah. It happened to, I mean, like I said, a lot of... Well, I mean, you can even say Kobe Bryant. Yeah, it happened to you Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, Just his body gave out and he had a whole bunch of injuries. Yeah, and, and we're talking about... And Kobe Bryant is more along the lines of, of LeBron James. You know, came the pros really early. Mm-hmm. Played a lot of basketball. Played a lot of it, it doesn't deep matter. into the playoffs. Yeah. It doesn't matter know. how you can be in the best shape in the world. Yeah. But when you've been playing basketball for that long or any sport for that long, eventually your body's just going to yeah. it's gonna wear down eventually. It's so, I mean, this happen. rest might actually help him. Well, yeah. Uh, well, but, yeah. And, and not only that, but that first, you know, the first obviously, series is going to be against a really weak mm-hmm. team. So Obviously, they're going to be uh, there practicing right now to try you know to get a little bit of the rust out i think at first so they're playing eight games and then they're starting in the playoffs i've talked to i told you this i think they should have just gone straight to the playoffs and just and just hope you know kind of hope for to have a more better december more firm december start whereas if you're gonna Let's say you go to all the way to a seven game series in the finals. That's gonna be in like October fifteenth or something yeah. like that, or October thirteenth. It's not certain you're gonna be able to start this. You can't start the season. Yeah. Like you can't have another two month break That's and weird. start the season around yeah. Christmas. So I mean, you should have started started earlier, start the playoffs, and kind of hope for a December start, or maybe yeah. even late November, sort of like maybe not basketball. do as many games either. Yeah, shorten yeah. the season, which they're gonna have to anyway. Yeah. So. That's gonna it ought be to be interesting. an interesting, yeah, yeah. adjustment. But again, make. eight game they're doing finish. They're doing eight games to finish off. I think one of the a, a interesting first round matchup would be L.A. versus New Orleans. With yeah, Zion Williamson. Yeah, I think that would be a really interesting matchup. Because I, I the, think so. It just depends. You got the young guy in Zion who's. He's I hate it. He's played 19 games and he's already the cover of NBA 2K for next. But he's year. also going against the best blocker in the NBA too. Yeah, but so I I think that'd be an interesting matchup. I think LA and Memphis would be a good matchup. Yeah, LA and I think uh, Portland will also be a good matchup as well. I think any of the I mean, you never know what's going to happen because if I'm LeBron, I, I tell you that. what, if I'm LeBron. I think I got to win it this year. I really do. And yeah, even though they can go out and get, get more players, yeah. they can. But if I'm LeBron, if if they go out and get more players, it's not necessarily LeBron's championship. It's definitely his championship if they win this year. Yeah. You know, with a plus one. You know. I mean, it's going to be an asterisk probably to the whoever the champion is. 
But again, I I think it's going to be a good asterisk because it's going to be tough this year. Yeah. I I mean I, it's going to be really tough because of the, the circumstances. They haven't played and since March. There's been a long layoff. It's going to be really. I think it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a Toronto in the NBA finals. Yeah, I mean Toronto was already Toronto yeah. has surprised me yeah. this, this season. I thought they were going to, you know, after Kawhi, I thought Kawhi was going to stay. Collapse, yeah. But I thought they were going to completely collapse. But Toronto stayed afloat, and they have as good as chance as anybody. I think anybody has a good chance as anybody this year's playoff because of the circumstances. If anybody, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's up in the air more uh-huh. than anything. But uh, oh, and that uh, speaking of, so future epi- uh, so future episodes of this podcast. The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, his documentary is coming out soon on Netflix. Yes. And my, my really what I wanted to do with that is what we're going to do. Tim and I are going to watch all 10 episodes. And I'm going to talk most of the time. You know that, right? Yeah, well, I, I'm going to have my <laughs> thoughts as well. Yeah, I know. I love, I love stuff like that. Plus, it's 10 parts. So there's going to be a lot to yeah, talk about, yeah. about everything. I mean, first episode, they call when Michael Jordan first called there, got there, they called it the Traveling Cocaine Circus or yeah. something like that. So the 80s. That's, I, Tim and I, we're going to watch all of them. And I, think, I don't know how we're going to do it if we just do one episode for each or one podcast episode for each episode, or should we just try to like compile? I, I, it all of depends. Them? You may have one episode that had so much going on with it. Yeah, yeah. You know that we need to do a whole uh, podcast for that, and then there may be a couple of them where we can say, yeah, you know, we can do it. We'll uh-huh. we'll just kind of plan it out as it goes. I think. And know? there's also, as you got, I hope some of you guys know, it's unsolved mysteries. Yes. Got they're renovated, uh, uh, renewed. Uh, it's on and Netflix. it's awesome. It's really cool. A lot of really good stuff in it that makes you talk, makes you think about what really happened about these different little cases. I was thinking about I was wanting to do that as well to kind of like each case talk about you know what happened, what we think happened, and just talk about the whole case in general. Which kind of do these little things because if there's no sports, yeah, I mean we're gonna have, Especially gonna have to think of things no to sports. talk about. I mean, Kind of have things to talk about, but that's definitely on the agenda. The Michael Jordan documentary, Unsolved Mysteries. So, and the most important thing, guys, is I really hope you guys are staying safe. Try to be, I've been trying to tell people this, try to be as optimistic as you can. Because if you're just going to be, you know, sad all the time, it's just going to make it, if you're going to be someone who thinks it's never going to get better, it's just going to make you sad more. So, stay safe. Keep saying safe, and just try to be, try to look forward to the future where it might be okay. Yeah. So, until next time, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Just want to thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. And if you want to follow us on our social media, you can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Sports Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Man Cave Sports Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Man Cave Podcast. We're uploading stuff every single day. You should definitely check it out. And again, thank you guys so much for stopping by.